2: Uh, I'm just trying to get something Blue Jays in front of me on my computer and make sure it'll actually let me record. (laughs) All right, I think I'm good to go. I'm going to give it a shot here and see what happens. So, Blue Jays fans, welcome to another fun evening of Jaybird watching slash the walk-off podcast. So here we are. It's Blue Jays playoff
3: times. How's the walk-off feeling? And who's joining? It is It's been a fun time to do podcasts, my dude. It is uh, not always the most fun to uh, talk Blue Jays baseball, but my goodness, this is uh, the wheelhouse right now, let me tell you.
2: Yeah, and to that point, we get as many Schneider curse words in as we have the funnest subtle celebration talk ever, (laughs) and then we pop (laughs) champagne and go completely crazy. Yes, so... Did you happen to get a chance to watch all the fun that was the playoff celebration the other evening?
3: I mean, I caught a lot of the clips and stuff like that. It looked really fun. I I love it. I love the celebration and stuff like that. I mean, I, I saw a stat recently where this was the ninth time since Blue Jays inception in 1977 that they've made the playoffs. So it doesn't happen very often. I think we all remember the 22-year drought there right before 2015. So I'm all for celebrating it when it comes your way.
2: Oh, yeah. we got to take the pieces when it comes your way. And as far as it goes, the Blue Jays have earned it this year. And to that fact, that they earned it so well that those, that one extra win was just enough this season. So <laughs> how are you right? thinking your Is-
4: thoughts are on that? <laughs>
3: I mean, just seeing all of the, I think it was yesterday, was the anniversary of all of us needing to watch the Red Sox come back on the Nationals to end the Blue Jays season. And yeah. man, I'm just so thankful that they got that extra win. There. There's going to be some home playoff games. We're not all just downtrodden and needing to do podcasts about. Well, what do we do to fix
2: this? (laughs) (laughs) And the the difference in the world is literally. Correct me if I'm wrong, but I think we had 91 wins last year. We have 92 now, and it's literally the difference between wild card birth or not. And then the fun part about it is, was the new rules. We would have made the playoffs even a couple wins less. So it's. Thankfully, Major League Baseball actually, you know, changed the rules. But we would have won this spot last year anyways, given the extra win. Exactly. So it's all that extra. But yes, we got that, what, point billion percent better (laughs) to be able to get in this year. And how important. Would you say
3: it's it's safe to say that the expanded playoffs is a big success?
2: I do think it's an expanded success, as we have uh, Blue Jays' dad joining us from a remote location somewhere nice. in Minnesota. <laughs> we, um, hey, guys. It's so cool to see it. What's up, buddy? So uh-huh. we're talking the fact that they won extra game was the difference in the world this year.
5: Yeah, so. no, no, it's awesome. I'm uh, so pumped. I think it is a success, the expanded wild card. And also the, the series, having a wild card series instead of just a one game.
2: Yeah. The only thing that shocked me in the midst of this whole thing was the fact I missed the one game, oh, my God, sudden death level that we were getting over the last few years. You know, you're not going to have the Edwin walk-off, home run kind of thing going on anymore when you have a three-game series. Um, unless you, you are insane? in that everybody
6: won one game <laughs> each
3: kind of You thing. are so an emotionally like more game. stable person than I am. I cannot take it. <laughs> One game? My God, those were the worst.
2: <laughs> so to that point, I think there was something to that because I love the fact that it, if you just were looking for a ticket to the dance to get into the real part of the playoffs, this is you what you need to do to get to that level, correct? So there was something fun to that whole thing of let's just build this up and make it obscenely large throw mm-hmm. everything at it and to that point i missed that like that that one year that the rays happened to just sneak into the playoffs on game 162 you know i liked that like incredible nonsense you get in the last day of the season
3: <laughs>
2: you just like chaos <laughs> i thrive on chaos i'm an engineer by day that basically feels like i'm fighting trouble sh- or fighting fires all day <laughs> Well, so we do have some other fun people joining us. Mr. Craig Ballard is uh, apparently on the line, who I am inviting to speak right now. So we're going to keep dumping in Blue Jays Twitterverse into this uh, lovely podcast episode as a joint Jaybird watching and the walk-off podcast fun. So feel free to take the co-hosting reins any time you feel like here, buddy.
3: <laughs> All right. Well, should we talk who we think is going to be in this playoff lineup or what are you thinking
2: i would think that that would be a fun place to go because there are some guys that are outliers and some people i'd like to see who is on the outside looking into you right now
3: well i think it really depends on whether espinal and lourdes guriel jr are healthy or not um I know that I was looking, Chris Black, producer with Sportsnet, is just killer on Twitter for stats and yep. stuff like that. Uh, down to black, I think it is. And <laughs> uh, he he had just posted about Luis Castillo and how often he throws his fastball and the fact that he's got some real high velo and that he only throws his change-up to righties about 11% of the time. So you're going to see a lot of fastballs, and Lourdes Gurriel Jr. is the best high-v-low fastball hitter on the Toronto Blue Jays. So it is likely, if he can be put into the lineup, that that is something that they're going to try to do. He might not be ready to be in the field, which would eat up that DH spot. Kirk's already in the lineup, catching for Manoa. So... Danny Jansen only has, I think it was uh, Chris had put on this this Twitter thread. I think it was he's hitting a buck seventy six against anything over ninety six miles an hour, which is Luis Castillo all day long. So you might see <laughs> Danny as a bench bat in that first game. It's going to be interesting. Again, like if if Lourdes isn't good to go, then this is all out the window. If Espinal is healthy, I think he's still lost his spot. Uh, but of course he's going to be on the playoff roster and just be on the bench. What are you thinking? Like, Who are the guys you think are are on this team right now that are going to be on the outside looking
2: in? So to, outside looking in, I think right now, I think you spelled it pretty damn correctly for as far as the offensive pieces go. I think that Santiago Espinal has lost his spot as much as I am a giant Santiago Espinal fan, but to that point he has a very extended future with the Toronto Blue Jays in this organization, so I'm not going to terribly split hairs to the fact that he is a great person to have coming off the bench in whatever weird situation this team gets into, assuming he's healthy, um, but to that point, I think that having Lawrence Curiel Jr. jump in on this is just going to be insane, and I don't like the fact that everybody's throwing a little bit of water at the fact that he's, oh, he's been hurt, he hasn't been doing well.
3: Does anybody remember how hot this gentleman was not even a few weeks ago <laughs> I mean he carried oh. the team for almost two months like when we were all pulling our hair out about no
6: offense in July Gurriel mm-hmm. was hitting now hold yeah, it right so... there that's that's a bald joke I'll need to jump in at this point hold <laughs> the phone oh a minute.
2: I was just gonna just start bringing in Blue Jays dad and Craig Ballard here again just for the hell of it but for the fact that you're you're saying you're not falling on the Pineapple haircut here? You're going to go on the bald side here? <laughs> yeah, well, that's, I am
6: bald. I don't have a choice. Bald is hashtag bald is beautiful. Where's, where's Tim McAuliffe? Get Tim McAuliffe involved here.
2: <laughs> oh, that's too funny. So, But, yeah. That, but what, Craig, what are you thinking? And Blue Jays, Dad, when you chime in right after Craig's done here, who do you think is on the outside of the playoff roster here that is going to just miss it?
6: Well, it, I'd be interested to see. What or happens who's the with key piece? That that last L- piece. Yeah, Lordus is the is the domino that has to fall. Uh, for me, I'm even if Lordus isn't available, uh, either one of them coming back. All I'm concerned with, like, like Lordus or Santiago coming back, is that it doesn't do anything to mess with not having Whit Merrifield in the lineup. And I know for a lot of Blue Jay fans, that's that's very odd talk. I'm huge on Whit Merrifield. I'm absolutely huge on Whit Merrifield. If you look at the Blue Jays over the years, I mean, my God, the Alan Burns, uh, Chris Coghlan, uh, Chris Drury, uh, Alan Hanson, they have they've, they've t- they've tried going a thousand guys. Off. They've tried a thousand guys to be their version of Whit Merrifield to be that super utility guy. Well, at the trade deadline, they get the actual Whit Merrifield. So I'm way, way in on him. I think he brings so much versatility. The, we joke about my bald head, but the reason for the bald head is because how many times are the Blue Jays too often? home run, or bust at the plate, Whit Merrifield brings a whole bag to the plate. And when, if you take your mind's eye back to how this team got into the race last season, that September, that was just incredible. That was all in the strength of the bottom of the lineup. The, the top was doing their thing, sure, but that seven, eight, nine, Lord is hitting in the 7, J, uh, uh, Jansen hitting in the 9, caught fire and carried the day. Well, fast forward to right now, Yes, Jansen may struggle tomorrow, but he's been on absolute fire and Whit Merrifield in that 7 or that 8 spot. So for me, it's either Whit in and Espinall out or Whit in, Lourdes in as well, and uh, and a Zimmer out. I, I, I would like to see a Tapia out myself personally, but I think it's either going to be Zimmer or Bradley Jr. But my main point here, guys, is let's get excited about the X Factor. Let's get excited about what Whit Merrifield oh, yeah. is, is going to be able to do for this team
2: it's it's like you've been reading the podcast gospel I've been saying Craig because that was my <laughs> pick to click for the uh first series here was Whit Merrifield is red monster hot. Just to give you the fun rundown of my new gang that I got, I, um, unfortunately have lost, uh, Brendan Panacar and, uh, and of course, Aaron, Chris key to the free agent wire slash retirement. (laughs) So I had a couple new guys with me on Ken and, uh, Jason. So they picked Matt Chapman and Danny Jansen to be their picks to click for the Toronto blue Jays X factor level for this series. Um, Blue Jays dad, how are you feeling on that? What might be the, you know, key factor out of Blue Jays, like, lineups? Maybe it's one of these guys that's the unsung hero of this uh, coming series.
5: Yeah, I'll echo Craig and say Whit Merrifield is the guy. I don't think he's just hot. I think he's now who he is as a player at this stage of his career. So, um, you know, a guy that can hit the ball to all fields and make things happen without a home run or can – or can hit that homer and a uh, solid defense and second base is his favorite position. And so I think, you know, all signs point towards that. I think I, I read from Wilner today. I'm not sure who it was, but a tweet that someone had spoken to Santiago Espinal and he is fully healthy, um, but this, has not yet heard if he'll be included on the roster or not. But uh, coming off the bench, that's great. Uh, I'm not as down on Tapia as Craig is. I think he, He's a guy that uh, can come through in clutch moments. Makes, uh, he seems to make good contact in high-pressure, high-leverage uh, moments. So I'll stick mm-hmm. with uh, uh, T- uh, Tapia off the bench. And uh, Lourdes, um, yeah, I guess Yeah, you want to get him in there, but at the same time, um, yeah, I don't know how it works when it comes to players' timing. Lourdes did take a number of months to get going, if we don't forget that. And uh, I'm wondering if he um, doesn't have the time to get it going again. Yeah, I, I agree if with you, you that out. time
2: is a wonderful thing. God.
6: Oh, sorry, I, just want to say I wonder, too, if, if you hold out lordus for game one, if you go with Tapia, yeah, I think Lordis's value really is in, is in, in that game, too, because we definitely don't want what if I'm even wrong about Tapia and he's not the bum I say is no, no matter. Well, no matter what, we don't want Tapia in against Robbie Ray if Lourdes Gurriel Jr. is sitting there. So no matter what, right. game game two maybe is, is something to look forward to uh, for Lourdes. And as far as Wit, I keep having people say, you know, Craig, how do you, how do you reconcile the fact that Witt Merrifield had such a bad season? I've, I've Honestly, guys, I've thought about this and I think there's some here. I think there's something here. You look at Whit Merrifield came into this season knowing that the only organization he's ever known, Kansas City, his whole home, where he met his wife, his kid, all that stuff, he knew he would not finish. He knew he was done as a Kansas City role. At the trade deadline, he was going to be moved. So between his years, I don't think he had his regular season. I don't think he was fully, fully embracing the, the season because he knew it had to be one foot out the door, and it wasn't by choice. He knew he was going to be on his way out. Now he comes to Toronto. Of all the teams, all due respect to the Jays who we love, that's his worst-case scenario, right? The whole vaccination, he goes through it with his family. They go through it. Have you noticed, Whit Merrifield lately, to to Blue Jay Dad's point, it's not just that he's hot. Guys, have you noticed the personality coming through? He's mugging for cameras. He's getting involved with teammates. He has become, before our very eyes, a Toronto Blue Jay, and I think it's awesome that he's under contract for next season. But I think this guy has really just now found it uh, mentally, hey, It is what it is. I'm a Toronto Blue i I'm here for one more year. Look at the fun these guys are having up here in Canada. Who the heck knew? Look at this fan base. Who the heck knew? I think Whit Merrifield, before our very eyes, is becoming a Toronto Blue Jay. Throw this whole thing out
2: there. Go ahead. I just want to make one quick point, and I'm going to let you talk Blue Jays, Dad. Was it the last home game before they went on the road trip to Baltimore? He was the one that said, see you Friday. (laughs) Yeah. <laughs> Meaning this and, Friday.
6: And and, 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 and honestly, I'm not just thank kidding. goodness as it wasn't it a sounds, Tuesday. Like he went out. Well, he, went, yeah, like, exactly. he went out of his way to go find the camera to say that. Like I'm not even kidding. Like he looks like he's enjoying himself right now.
2: Correct. So go ahead, Blue Jays.
5: Yeah, I would say that you know, similar with Matt Chapman. Do we remember the the Red Sox series? That obviously, when the Jays. Um, broke the record for their uh, number of runs scored in a game. I can't remember if if it was that game or that series where Matt Chapman had a couple of really stellar defensive plays. And to me, it seemed like he became part of the team or or felt part of the team in a full way after he made those plays in Fenway Park. I don't know if you guys remember that or not. Um, But it seemed like there was something where just his place on the team was solidified, like he proved himself to himself, to his teammates. And I think that's what's happened with Merrifield lately as well. Like he's, he's shown his stuff and he's playing his best uh, brand of baseball. And there's something about that. I think in a ball player's head that you've kind of earned your way, you've earned your place on the team, you're accepted, and you come alive in all these different dimensions that uh, you're not alive uh, when you're the new kid on the block. So Chapman, I think we saw that earlier this year. We're seeing it with Merrifield now, and let's ride the wave. Who knows what next year holds? And then they do have an eighteen million dollar option for twenty (laughs) twenty
2: (laughs) four. Oops. Well, to that point, he's he keeps playing like he's played for the last what three four weeks, (laughs) maybe I don't know. (laughs) Well, Blue Jay, you just laid out.
6: You just laid out the exact opposite of the Jonathan VR situation. Blue Jay dad, Jonathan VR never became a blue Jay. Did you guys? That was the complete opposite of no. what we're talking about right now.
2: Very much. So walk off. What do you think on that one?
3: Yeah, I agree with everything. Everyone has said, I'm a big, <laughs> I'm high on wit too. go with Maryfield, And he just lengthens that lineup so much. And, you know, it's a it's a power heavy lineup, and it's nice to have somebody. And this is what I love about Lourdes coming back. If we can get his timing down at the plate as well as my goodness, to see Witt and Lourdes, you know, hitting singles all over the all over the diamond and getting on base for the big guys at the top of the order. That's uh, pretty exciting stuff. I do want to be
2: this guy that points out that. We got 52 RBIs out of Ramiel Tapia, Craig. Just saying. <laughs> With a trillion
6: at bats. He had a trillion at bats.
2: But to that bats. point, I who was doing those at bats while Loris was hurt? Yeah, of course that 265 isn't found his horrible nose. anymore in a shit baseball era yeah. as now far as going. pitchers wait a reigning minute. supreme.
6: Where did minute. keep going? Because I noticed you haven't mentioned the on-base percentage, which wasn't even 300.
2: Correct i i'm just saying that something about playoff baseball can spell success for
3: somebody like a male for fourth guy. outfielders craig don't you know that that's their wheelhouse <laughs>
2: well, I,
6: I hope i'm wrong man and uh, half a halfway i don't hope i'm wrong because i would just get lit up on on social media so really i don't but the blue jay fan in me hopes that i'm wrong i'll tell you that and listen there yeah. could definitely be a scenario where 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 he's called on to be that base runner, uh, you know, to, to, to steal the to Dalton Pompey. Mem- remember the Jays didn't advance yep. in 2015. Dalton ah! stole some <laughs> bases. I know, I know. Still to this day, oh, I I think Dalton Pompey is still standing on third base in Kansas City right now from that ninth inning. I think he's still there as we speak. Like that whole thing. I know, I know, I know. And I, Kevin yeah, Pollard never
3: stopped striking out from that moment on. <laughs> oh good
6: lord! Oh good lord!
3: <laughs>
2: Valid, valid point. Boy, this took a but, dark turn fast, eh? <laughs> I'm sorry. Let's get back to more popping champagne and stuff. So, how many beers could uh, and champagnes could have Hazel May thrown on top of her the other night? <laughs> <laughs> the poncho did nothing, and she even admitted that. She was like, why did I even wear this? The hat was the only thing that did anything, apparently. <laughs> 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 so, but... Good stuff, but to that point. So let's talk the actual game tomorrow afternoon at 4 o'clock Eastern time. The Blue Jays take on the Seattle Mariners. It is a pitching matchup for current-day baseball of epic proportions. Luis Castillo, who could have easily been a Blue Jay um, at one point during the trade deadline. We even all heard the rumors going around this, that, and whatever it might be. He ended up becoming a Seattle Mariner. He is going against the stud of the Toronto Blue Jays staff, which is the workhorse Alec Manoa. And Blue Jay Dad is thumbs down in me to freaking Jesus us here. <laughs> so, but anyways, um, walk off. How are you feeling with Manoa going against Castillo tomorrow?
3: I'm an optimist. I like it. I honestly love this matchup. Uh, the Mariners are coming in on a cold September. The Blue Jays putting together one of the best records in baseball for the final 30 games of the year. I mean, it's a three-game series. It's going to be a bit of a crapshoot, and the pitching is really good against us. But honestly, uh, this is the best I've seen the offense coming together all year. I
2: the will agree with you on that. The bullpen is the
3: sturdiest and the best I've seen it all year. Like if, if there's a time to go into the playoffs, this is it.
2: Yeah, I think David Phelps and Ross Stripling both echoed that in the most recent um, YouTube session for the Toronto Blue Jays as far as the going to the playoffs session that they more or less had the other day on that. And if anybody hasn't watched that on YouTube yet, I highly recommend that extra innings bit that they did. It's very, very cool to see, especially somebody as a seasoned veteran like David Phelps talking about getting in the playoffs and doing what they're doing. So to that point, it was really, really cool to see how that went. Um, And it's echoing that same mantra that you were there. We're here. We're going to run. We're playing the best baseball that we have been playing all season. As Blue Jays fans, we've been spoiled a little rotten to the point that we're even getting jaded about most of this season that we were whining about how bad the bullpen was one month. We were whining about how bad the offense was one month. We couldn't pitch
3: to save our lives one month. But now it all. Don't played. forget about that complaining about football. starting pitching. We did that plenty too. I said pitching. Okay. <laughs> okay. <laughs> so, but to that point, you agree with me that there was always
2: one piece of the puzzle that wasn't
3: working, right?
2: True. And now it's all. It,
3: good. It, it took until September for it to really feel like a cohesive unit up and down the lineup.
2: Yes, and to the fact that you are seeing Bobashev, Vladdy. Everybody in that lineup really find a way to contribute. The fact that you're watching Danny Jansen turn into two-home run king from the 2020 playoff season before our eyes in September. You're watching, you know, every little piece of this lineup find a way to nick, uh, claw, and scratch into lineups and whatnot. The fact that somebody like Trevor Richards, who we were seeing, maybe turn around and have a rough spot is found a way to put enough together to finish the season strong. And you see, to that point, our Game 1 starter, Alec Manoa, literally getting better as the season went along. Yeah, he had a little rough spot there, but he had one of the best Septembers in Toronto Blue Jays baseball pitching ever. Yeah, incredible. Anybody want to run with that? And, And to the Blue Jays fans that are listening, that are outside the current talking group, if you want to talk, just raise your hand, and I will get you in the conversation. Tomorrow's
6: huge, guys. I mean, it's only a three-game series, so the sheer math of it, yes. But let's not forget. And, and, and I've had the pleasure of being on the Walk Off Podcast uh, a few times, and, and we've waxed on this, and, and we've never come up with a good reason why. But the truth is, this Blue Jay team, with all the good hitters being righties, except for Babe Ruth. I mean, sorry, Raimal Tapia. All the other good hitters being righties. They've had 32 starts against lefties this season. They've won 12 of them. Like, they've just been atrocious against lefties. So I'm petrified of Robbie Ray in game two. If that's a game that the Jays have to win because something has happened in game one, I'm absolutely petrified of that. And I think it's really interesting, guys, that we've been waxing poetically here about why we're excited about the Jays' chances going forward. And we haven't even mentioned the reason for the season, one of the best leadoff hitters in postseason history this is the time of year this is the reason george springer was given that contract for his postseason prowess we haven't even mentioned him kicking off this lineup yet
2: that that is a very valid point that springer is of epic proportions at this this is his stage this is where he wants to be so, anybody, are we seeing repeats of George Springer going on this postseason walk-off? I'll give you the chance to go first. And Blue Jays,
3: dad, please let me know if you want to chime back in. What's been so interesting to me with George Springer is how much he has progressed with his ability to just be on the field since coming off of injury. I mean, my God, watching him baby that elbow when he first came back i i just had zero confidence that he could get through a major play like they were dna dh him almost the entire time it felt like when he was being put out into center field that it was almost a necessity out of necessity you know like it didn't feel Somebody like he had oh, to have a
2: break <laughs> exactly
3: but in the last three weeks i mean he's he's looked the healthiest he probably has all year he's swinging uh his timings down he looks comfortable at the plate he looks good out in the outfield I think we are literally seeing George Springer round into shape right at the perfect time which is what all of us said I'm sure we, I mean everyone here on all of our podcasts have probably combined said it a million times that <laughs> if, if we can just get George Springer into the playoffs healthy and able to play every day then the season was a success so I mean Knock on all the wood, but it's good. <laughs> right now,
2: I feel like I don't have enough
3: wood around. <laughs>
2: I'm in my, like, cubicle of my own office and my own home. <laughs> but to that point, I agree with you that he – that home run he hit the other night, the last home game, just looked like a typical, everyday, crushed George Springer home run. He wrapped up perfectly. There was no lingering effects in that follow-through of his swing – it was a thing of pure beauty. So if that's the kind of swing we're going to continually get out of him, I think that's going to be the best thing. Go ahead, Blue Jays dad.
5: Yeah, I, I've said this a lot of times uh, the last couple of weeks, but I do think like uh, Springer is, he's a catalyst. I do think Vladdy is the heart and soul. And if Vladdy gets hot, look out. The rest of the, it's all history from that point. Um, and that might uh, be happening too. <laughs> yes, well, because that that hasn't happened yet. So I, I think we're all hoping it happens now uh, in the postseason. You know, every player has that one stretch. Vladdy never had it this year, so maybe it's coming in the postseason. Um, also, I just wanted to mention, I'm probably going to have to hop off here in a little bit, but I, I was just, uh, while you guys were talking, I was looking at the four-game sweep that the Jays suffered at the hands of the Mariners back in July in Seattle. And uh, I, I was just looking at the the scores and the pitching. Uh, there was like a lot of bad pitchers we had then. Bam, bad? Yeah, it was exactly. a completely
2: different team they played that week. Yep.
5: Yes, and and Romo, uh, Sergio Romo gave up a, a loss in extra innings. Uh, Manoa lost. Forgot we had only, him. <laughs> uh, yeah, Manoa lost, but he only gave up two runs. The Jays scored one run. Um, and, and then Simber blew another one. I'm not sure uh, how all that worked, but anyway, I guess a lot of different, um, it's a much different ball club under Charlie Montoyo at the time. That was, that was kind of his kiss of death, uh, road trip, the West coast. And, um, so anyway, I, and then I looked at, uh, their games against the Mariners in Toronto. The Jays took two out of three. So let's hope history repeats itself.
3: I was at all four of those games in Seattle there, where they got swept, and I'm not going to any of these wild card games. So hopefully that helps
2: too. <laughs> there you go, we got the bad juju off of that one. <laughs> so, but to that point, I'm going. What to your point, you saw that team firsthand here in that series. Did that feel like the Blue Jays team that we are watching right now?
3: Honestly, it felt like rock bottom. I mean, to be in a stadium on the west coast of america and have it completely overtaken by canadians to not be able to use that to your advantage like honestly it was mind-blowing there were over 50 percent blue jays fans there and of course everyone that was in seattle had taken the weekend off and was vacationing so you know everyone was loose and drinking and super loud and just they never capitalized on any of the momentum they didn't I don't know, man. It was it was honestly the worst of the worst. It was rock bottom, and after that, they got rid of Montoyo, and it's been all uphill. <laughs> yeah.
2: So, to that point, going to the offense, the pitching, whatever you want to consider, this is a huge, obviously, series for Blue Jays history, not just
0: so it's now. Um, I wanted to mention.
2: As far as another piece of Blue Jay history here that we all saw a few weeks ago, and I want to say it was mid-August that the Blue Jays' current team actually got to meet the 1992 World Series champion Toronto Blue Jays players. Do you guys think any of the men- that mentality seeped in? I know it was only a really difference, a one win to get them to the current situation they are, to playing a home game tomorrow in Toronto for the American League wildcard championship, I guess is what you want to call this round. But how much do you think that influence might have weighed in on that to make this team that much more hungry to go on the run that they did for the
6: end of the season? Correct? Well, at, the very, well, at the very least, that's got to be motivating for them. It's It's... One of the things, you know, when we talk, I talk about this a lot. There, there are athletes that will get, and Alec Manoa is one that got right away. Scotty vibes on the Raptors, Scotty Barnes right away. There are athletes that get when you're the single sport in the country, like basketball or baseball, that you're representing Canada the whole country, and they will understand the, the beauty and the magnitude and the relevance and the incredibleness of that. And there are others who are just going to chant USA, USA, USA and are not going to get it. If there are some of those on this team now that aren't going to get it, they would have from that. Here's 30 years later, these guys coming back, and the entire country is is thrilled to see them. The ratings were through the roof for watching the, the, the ceremony. People who – I have family members who couldn't see the ceremony. they Every single one of them PVR'd it. I didn't watch it. I, I saw that – I don't know. Anyway, but I digress. But a lot of people – I think at the very least it would have shown the players that, oh, my goodness. When you win in Canada, when you win for Toronto, it's it's a bigger deal than maybe we might have realized. And you look at I always think of like like Taiwan Walker as the example. Remember Taiwan Walker? He was a blue jay in 2020. The Jays went to the playoffs. Now that was the COVID year, right? So they didn't play any games yep. in Toronto, both the, the playoffs series was in Tampa. Man, Taiwan Walker was going out of his way. He was trying like crazy to re-up with the Toronto Blue Jays, and he kept mentioning how the fan base was incredible. He was never even exposed to the fan base in actual Canada. Remember that, the, the, the uh, Jays-Yankee game a little uh, last week where Judge hit the 61st off Mesa uh, to blow yep. that game open? But the Jays had just tied that game at three. That was 3 nothing Yankees, and the previous half the Jays just tied it at three. And during a pitching change, Bo Bichette was on second, and he said after the game, during that time, he couldn't hear himself think. It was straight goosebumps. He's never experienced anything like that. These are the things that are going to mean something to these players. Hey, Bo, I got news for you. That wasn't even playoff atmosphere, Blue Jay fans. Wait till you see it on Friday. Wait till these players see it on Friday. I think they would have got a taste of it. And you always hear players talk about when they find out they became a Toronto Blue Jay, yeah, I reached out to my buddy, to this buddy, to that buddy. They're always hearing reports from other players that, oh, you're going to Toronto? Oh, my God, wait till you see it. And seeing those players come back and how revered they were, was just going to reemphasize that, so I absolutely think it would have been a motivating factor. Yeah, Craig you got something to here. say?
3: Sorry. <laughs> Sorry, go ahead, guys. Go ahead, Wild.
2: Go, uh, go ahead, walk up. I almost said what you got—the wild card bonus round thing going on here. Handle.
3: <laughs> 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 That's right. Uh, yeah, such a good host. I, I, just, <laughs> I, I just wanted to to reiterate what Craig was saying is that I think. It does blow some of these players' minds what having an entire country behind you really is all about. And being on the road is quite an experience. I know I was lucky enough to be at that that Pirates-Jays series at the beginning of September. And obviously, Pittsburgh is just a god-awful team, so they don't draw dick when it comes to crowds. But it was once again, completely taken over by Canadians, and when they came back in that that second game, and and Bo had the 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 winning single there to drive in a couple runs, and everyone was going crazy on the Saturday night and chanting "Go Jays!" Goes, I know, I know that there was about half a dozen of that team that just came out after it was all said and done, and the, all the Toronto fans had stayed behind. And they just kind of tip their hat to the crowd. Like, it's it's a pretty humbling experience to see how well Jays fans travel. And to Craig's point, these kids are going to be, like, their minds are going to be blown to see a playoff game in Toronto.
2: So, I'm going to call out a specific interview here, and I'm going to let you two uh, chime in on this whole thing. George Springer, obviously, we were already talking about his playoff prowess. He got a chance in one of the interviews I saw. Him and Bo Bichette were literally cornered, basically, by Candy Maldonado, Dave Winfield, and Devon White. And they were talking about the catch. What kind of thing do you think that has on the psyche of somebody already as good as, as uh, George Springer going, wow, that's the kind of thing that you're going to be known for in Blue Jay lore for the rest of your life if you do something that kind of epic on a playoff scale? I just thought it was awesome that Springer got the got the pleasure of even you know picking the brain of three world champions like that. Anyways,
6: And you say they cornered them, so I've got a real scary visual here because that's three big boys you just mentioned. <laughs> that's three
2: big boys. Winfield, especially, you know, get loud <laughs> right there. <laughs> <laughs>
6: But honestly, it's funny you bring up Winfield. Winfield would have been leading the charge of exactly what we're talking about. Dave Winfield played, what, 15, 16 seasons? One was as a a Toronto Blue Jay. And to this day, he says it's the most uh, enjoyment he's ever had as a fan. uh, As a fan, a bigger part, uh, as a player. But it's just along the lines of what we're talking about. Can you have that signature moment? If you have a signature moment for the Cleveland Guardians, that's still a big deal. That's still living your big league dream. That's still a big deal. I would submit...
2: That but it, it wasn't in the a, movie Major Leagues, so it only makes so you know, much sense.
6: First of all, great point, yes, <laughs> you have a great point there. But I really think that it, it just packs a different punch uh, to, to, to do it in trouble. Like I was saying before, the one sport, like not hockey, you know, there's a lot of Canadian hockey teams, but the one sports where you're representing that entire country, having these guys come back and, and, and relive moments like that, this is 30 years later. I can't even believe that. How old am I? Wow, but this is a long time later, and I just don't think it would be lost on the players that when you do something epic in Toronto, it is that big of a deal. Look at the former Blue Jays, in fact, that had no success here. Ricky Romero's taking the red eye to come tonight. Travis Schneider has packed up his family and is on his way to Toronto for this. Like, that's the impact that this fan base has. That's the eyes that are about to be opened on this team. And, and I think they're going to be so excited. I uh, I halfway, you know, not fear, but I, I do hope it's not going to be intimidating for them because I can see this group of players, especially the Slim Daddy Vladis, the Bo, the Bigios. I can see them really almost pressing to want to do well. So I hope it doesn't go too far where that creeps in. But ultimately, uh, on, the, on, the, uh, uh, on the whole, I think it's nothing but an amazing uh, amazing thing. I thought it was a great job by the Blue Jays to do something like that. Uh, Yes, it was a 30-year anniversary, but honestly, I don't think it's that coincidental. I I think Shapiro and Atkins uh, fully understand that they've opened a playoff window. The Blue Jays are going to be in contention for a few years. Let's as quickly as possible let it be known to our players what that means, because it packs a different punch in Canada.
3: And this is where you really do hope that the fact they went out and spent big money on George Springer, a guy with experience, a guy you know is a playoff gamer, this is where you hope going out and getting a Jackie Bradley Jr. And uh, signing a Kevin Gosman. You know, getting these guys who have that playoff experience, have been there before, hopefully that does ease some of the pressure on this young core of Bo and Vlad and Kirk and these these 23-year-old kids who uh, Craig might be right. Like, it, I'm sure game one is going to pop out some eyes, even if Manoa wants to pretend like there's no way he's faced. Like... It's going to be pretty cool to see. To
2: that point, Manoa's going to be so pumped up in that first inning. He's going to go three punches and out, I think. <laughs> or he hits a guy first inning. <laughs> I didn't say he wasn't going to hit anybody. I said he was going to strike out three people. <laughs> <laughs> but, Scott, you're so right. So, That's such
6: but, a great point, too, because with the veterans here, what I could see, what the, the, the young guys trying to do too much, I could see a George Springer, uh, somebody like that, saying, now, wait a minute now. I, I see you doing this for part of your routine. I've not seen you do that before. Yeah, I know. I thought I saw Oosa. you that <laughs> and, 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 the, and pulling it back saying, no, 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 no. It's, it's, it, it's a bigger stage, granted, but it is the exact same baseball that you grew up playing. If we went down the street to the Little League, it's the exact same baseball being played. I think the veterans absolutely will have that, that effect on them, especially because when you're saying that, it was making me think how, how worried I am about game two because it's a lefty Robbie Ray. The veterans' presence, like the Springer's in that clubhouse, they won't have the team concerned going into game two. They won't have the team worried about that. Uh, that that's just me as, as the fan worried about that. But it's a great point, Scott, to have that veteran leadership. And again, this this isn't just any veteran leadership, man. This George Springer is one of the postseason performers in the history of the game.
3: I mean, <laughs> so the, the reason oh, – go ahead. People say clutch isn't real. But clutch is 100% real. And Craig just what? really hit it out of the park here when it comes to what George Springer can bring to a team in the playoffs, right? Like he's been there. He's done that. He's performed on every stage at every level. And when the chips are down, and we've seen it all season long, when this team yeah. was scuffling, who showed up? Even uh, right, even off the IL. With with no elbows, <laughs> he was he was the leader of that offense there uh, in late August.
2: You bring up a fun point about the clutchisms and people saying clutch isn't a thing. That being a guy that played baseball all the way through my college career and played on some championship teams, into that point. People that don't know what clutch is or can't quantify it didn't really get into those situations, in my personal opinion. So it's one of those things. It's 100% real. (laughs) And being able to run through all that pressure and still come out on top, that's what playoff dreams and fantasies and everything are made out of you know that's the reason you get the joe carter walk off home run that's the reason what we've seen what this team has done all season long coming back and grinding that doesn't just happen by happenstance that happens because somebody put it to work right 100 percent so the reason I bring up all these lore things and all this fun about Blue Jay history and what's going on currently is how fucking loud is the Rogers Center going to be at first pitch tomorrow night at four or tomorrow evening at four o'clock. And anybody that wants to chime in on that, I'm personally, I was there during the Tula Winski at bat against Mary Aaron Rivera in the ninth inning in the 2015 season, right after we acquired him. And I literally couldn't feel my feet because the ground underneath me was shaking so much on the 100 level. That was a regular season game. (laughs) So it is time to get loud.
6: There's going to be a lot of text messages uh, between uh, the the TV (laughs) executives, Major League TV executives tomorrow, saying, are you seeing what they got going on in Canada? Okay, from now on, it's primetime games for the Blue Jays. Are you seeing this? From now on, it's primetime games for the Blue Jays.
2: Yeah. I tend to agree with you, because the fact that they put, you know, I agree that this is a wild card game, so you might want to put the quote-unquote higher seed game on live TV, but the, believe, correct me if I'm wrong, the New York Mets is the evening game at 8 o'clock, and I would say that the Blue Jays have a better matchup against the Mariners in a regular game versus the Mets and the, I forget who they're playing now, why am I blanking? So, but anyway, Padres. I would have made the argument that the better matchup and the better game, especially with the sheer primetime environment, is going to be the Toronto Blue Jay game tomorrow night. Yeah,
6: totally. You against Manoa, epic, epic, epic,
2: epic. Especially when the Mets are saying, you know, DeGrom, we just might not pitch him against the, <laughs> the Padres. Why not? But to that point, the Mets have that crazy pitching staff so I'm, I'm guessing you know they've earned that fact that they don't want to use the grom in that first series go for it
6: i have to jump gentlemen really really enjoyed myself appreciate you having me on go jays go let's do this again
2: Hey craig Take before care, you get bob do your shameless self-promotion plug go for it
6: oh good hey i'm only promoting you guys i i don't have i don't i, I wish i don't have the time to do uh content anymore i really wish it, it's <laughs> it's uh, it, it's jay bird watch it's a uh, bird watching podcast and the walk off podcast i i would be recommending to blue jay fans to, to to check you guys out i'll tell you that
1: Thanks appreciate you.
2: craig cheers bud go blue jays so walk up, I've been running this show. You want to ju- chime in with any good points or anything well, you would like? Well,
3: do, do you mind if I take the card and put it way, way, way ahead of the horse? Or are we... Go right ahead. <laughs> okay. This is half your show, too. It's your call. Okay, well, what do you think <laughs> about this? So, as we all know, the Atlanta Braves, World Series champions last year, and definitely heavyweight favorites. They've got their work in front of them to get past the Dodgers. However, they are a very, very good team this year. Um, the Blue Jays, number one seed in that wild card seeding, home field advantage. Also, a very good team in the American League. And as we all remember, 1992, it was a Braves Jays World Series. Now, obviously, I'm I'm really taunting the baseball gods here, so I'm 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 gonna reel it in Be a gentle. little bit Be here. Gentle. But but think about how cool that is, just the even the fact that both the Braves and the Jays have even put themselves in a situation where, you know, history could be repeated 30 years later.
2: I do think there's some bits of
3: irony to that, and I don't know if I like how
2: the baseball gods would shine on us and the fact that that re- that World Series would repeat. Remember that well, was let's a, not forget, that was a I asked you series. if I could put the <laughs> cart
3: ahead of the horse. No.
2: <laughs> <laughs> let's say it did come down to that, and uh, like I said, that was a really tough series. You're talking that really came down to a couple of key things in that Game 6. True. It could have easily been a Game 7, and God knows how it would have turned out. Um, so... Yeah, I really don't know if I like how you're talking to baseball gods, my friend. <laughs> <laughs> but I do love history, and um, I'm a very firm believer that those who ignore history are doomed to repeat it. So I'm in the school of thought that we came out on the right side of that one time, so if it came down to it, my worry is right now, if you look at the teams that are in this playoff race, and the two teams that were the hottest teams going into the playoffs here were the Atlanta Braves... In the Toronto Blue Jays. And I don't think you find too many people disagreeing with that. Well, that's fair. And to that, Blue Jays fans, obviously this is a joint J-Bird watching and a walk-off podcast thing. There are plenty of you on here. If you any of you would like to talk, I am watching. Please give me the raise your hand thing, and I'll get you in on the list on the uh, chit-chat here. (laughs) So to that point, um, how do you see some of this other stuff? Do you see the Blue Jays are the uh, Dodgers making it by the Ra- the Braves
3: that are red hot or not? It's tough to bet against the Dodgers. I mean, they've done an incredible job of building a waterproof. You're betting system against the that casino. Just, I feel like in that situation, yeah, I mean, the house
2: usually wins. <laughs> it,
3: it, truly, but they've only won in that sixty-game season. I mean. The Dodgers have been World Series contenders for a decade now, and they've only got one in the shortened season. So, I mean, nothing's a given. You still got to go through the rigors of the playoffs. We watched Atlanta take it all last year with one of the worst records going into the playoffs, a record that was worse than both Seattle and the Blue Jays in the American League, who missed the playoffs. So, you know, it's about getting there and being hot at the right time, and and you touched on it. Atlanta is hot right now. I wouldn't bet against Atlanta, personally.
2: Yeah, so Caroline just joining us uh, and uh, going to chit-chat. What do you have, have on your mind, Caroline?
4: I have on my mind the four games that we got swept in Seattle. That was before the trade deadline, correct?
2: You are correct. Mm.
4: And we had toy.
2: I believe Schneider was running the ship. You were at that game uh, walk-off, weren't you?
3: No, that was was Montoyo. That was right before he was let go.
2: That was the last one then. Last series before he was fired, yeah. Mm. So So
4: we have a lot of different players. Like in 2020, Randall Gritchick was our third. He was batting third. So I think we have a way better team now.
6: Yes,
2: I would tend to agree agree with you on the fact that it's two different teams. (laughs) You're facing John Schneider management versus Montoya, to your point, Caroline. So there is a lot going in the Blue Jays' direction. And honestly, and um, the two of you can uh, correct me if I'm wrong, how much does this put the Seattle Mariners on their heels going, oh, you know, we beat the Blue Jays up for a four-game series in our ballpark. Let's just take it to them in their ballpark. Do you think that gives them a false sense of security and they don't really know what they're in for at this point?
4: I I would think so. And plus with that roof closed and 50,000 plus people in that building, they're going to have a hard time.
2: Yeah. It's the Thunderdome for a reason, right?
4: You got it. (laughs) You got it. (laughs) So the Skydome will be flying. Like I was at the very first game in 1977 in Exhibition Stadium. Wow. And Snow.
2: Yeah, and which the Blue Jays—correct uh, me if I'm wrong—they ended up winning that ball game, correct?
4: Uh, oh, I think the White Sox won.
2: Okay, I couldn't remember, but I to that point, you were there. I'm going to take your word for it.
4: <laughs> exactly, I can't remember. It. I think so. Yeah.
2: But that is so cool that you as a Blue Jays fan get to have that piece from 1977 all to now through the World Series years when I became a Blue Jays fan because that's unfortunately just my age at the fun here. And watching them through the late 80s into the early 90s, they were the best team in baseball. And we're having that same kind of resurgence again in Toronto Blue Jays baseball with this young club that we're going to get. Hopefully this is the beginning of greatness and – We've seen it last year with them just missing the playoffs. This year they make the playoffs. Hopefully it runs into crazy things, but the young core of this team is going to be together for the better part of the next three years. So oh, this yes. could and be then they the got,
4: like that, uh, what's his name, Barger? Yeah, yeah no, Addison
3: Barger. Like, yeah,
4: he's well, been There uh, he goes. saying that he's a lot like Juan Soto.
2: Yes. And then that's not even getting into the fact that we like have uh, a it, Bell tree man. in the book. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, and in the minor leagues, yep. So and there is great. a lot of good things. Yep. Um. And Caroline, where are you uh, joining us from?
4: I'm in, in Toronto Burlington. too. I'm in Burlington. Okay. Yep.
2: Great. Well, it was very, very good having you on the show here. We yep. do greatly appreciate Thank it. Is there anything else you would like do. to? Uh,
4: nope. That's that, that's what we're here for. Yeah, Anything for else? Letting me talk. No, that's good.
2: Good deal. Well, thank you very much, Caroline, and uh, make sure you, you uh, check us out on the Jaybird Watching Podcast and the Walk-Off Podcast.
4: Sure, for <laughs> sure.
2: <laughs> Appreciate Thanks. it. Anytime. We're going to have a few more of these, I think.
4: Okay, great. Thanks.
2: So, Walk-Off, let's say we go into Game 2 here. It is going to be Gosman, robbie ray it looks like. Yes. That's what's Slate feel, anyways. Correct, but there is that wonderful wild card of the fact that it Robbie or not Robbie Ray, Kevin Gosman has a cut on his finger. <laughs> Correct.
4: Well, apparently it's all better.
2: It's what I keep hearing, but to that point, it still could be sensitive. I don't know how bad it was or anything. It wasn't like a few years ago, I forget which pitcher, gave us the monster disgusting picture of his bl- blister, but I want to say it was Bear Aaron Sanchez.
4: <laughs> <Yep>.
2: <laughs> Caroline's all over it. Yeah, I appreciate it. Right. So, How confident are you feeling with that matchup too? Because that's another I, epic I'm proportion with level.
4: With Robbie Ray, you mean?
2: With Robbie Ray versus Godley.
4: I I'm feeling confident because Robbie Ray... Gives up a lot of home runs. And they yes, know him from last year. They just I'm wondering how much Pete Walker has his...
2: left in that. Yeah. Uh.
4: Oh, Pete Walker <laughs> had a big bunch in
5: him.
2: Yes. And to that point, I'm wondering if he kept that one secret that keeps us in the uh, <laughs> in the right brain here. So, Yeah.
3: Mm-hmm. I'm sure I'm curious to see how this plays out. If the Blue Jays wind up taking game one because I'm really curious if it's possible they flip Strip and Gauze for game two so that if for some crazy reason the Blue Jays can get out of that Wild Card series in only two games, you then have Kevin Gosman lined up against the Astros and Justin Verlander, both game one and game five. And boy, I'd sure, see, I'd sure rather see Gosman lined up for two games, the Strip, not that Strip hasn't been incredible this season. It's just, I don't know how you feel. Are, are, are you, um, do you think there's any I, way Gosman doesn't pitch in game two?
2: I I do like where your head's at. I don't think it's going to happen, though. And I yeah. think a lot of that's the fact that they still don't know what they're doing, I think, between the argument of Barrios versus Strip. Yeah. And I think they would rather push that to the next series to even have that argument would be my my philosophy so because to your point i think strip has earned a chance to pitch in the postseason and yeah,
4: i and, i agree with you
2: yeah as much as i love Barrios, and i'm the weird one here that um i've seen Barrios since his uh minor league days here in rochester new york and because at the time we were the minnesota twins' minor league system mm-hmm. and it's how it was so this he's always been up and down but never to this extreme where he's a god one start and horrible (laughs) the other Yeah,
4: he goes like heckle and Jide, you know.
2: (laughs) So my worry in the midst of that is that he is going to – the nice thing at least is if you have him in this series start, Stripling's used to coming out of the bullpen. So if you see any weaning in that ballpark of uh,
3: him having a bad evening, you just yeah. pull strip out of the bullpen and run with it. They are so. going to need four starters. This is the thing. Jose Barrios is going to play into this whole playoffs if the Blue Jays do take care of business. Like There's no way around it. You can't roll with a three-man rotation for the entire playoffs, especially once you get into the division series, and especially if you wind up playing in the ALCS. You're just going to need the length. That he's going to give. He'll only probably pitch the one game. But I mean, if this Toronto Blue Jays team is going to see true success, I think that it is going to be from good outings from Jose Brios.
4: Exactly. And I think our bullpen is way better than last year.
3: Truly, they augmented it very well at the at the trade deadline. The addition of Anthony Bass has just given John Schneider so many other options when it comes to earlier in the game. Like, you've just seen them deploy guys like Garcia and Simber at different times than you would have seen without uh, without Anthony Bass being available. And, uh, yeah, I mean, I had wished they had done more when it came to the bullpen at the trade deadline. And now I'm fine with it. Like, I was wrong on that. I They... They filled out the back
2: end. I think ninety percent of Blue Jays nation was wrong on that trade deadline. Yeah, yeah.
4: <laughs> yeah. Uh, like I mean, I, I still the
2: right, they right would have pieces for the starter, right, team.
3: but what do you do? Yeah.
2: <laughs> Correct. Yeah. But you can't. But to that point, would you win right now if you sang, signed Frankie Montas and brought him in and you had him in from that trade deadline and had him for next year too? Um, well, you have been really happy? No, like <laughs> He's
4: after horrible. seeing him with the Yankees, I am so glad we didn't get him.
2: And then to that point, the only one that's really that's been a trade acquisition by most teams as a pitcher that has actually legit worked out is the one we're facing in game one in Luis Castillo. Yeah. And boy, did he work Syndergaard out. Syndergaard hasn't been anything. Syndergaard has been barely anything for the Phillies. He's been salvageable, but he hasn't yeah, been. Yeah,
4: the Phillies have got – their bullpen is horrible.
3: Yeah. So, Both are defense. The Phillies are – Going nowhere in my opinion. Yeah, but. <laughs> exactly.
2: It's gonna be interesting to watch because they're they have enough talent that they, all of a sudden if it clicked, great. But without having any ramp up to that and watching like what we just watched with the Blue Jays over the month of September, I'm a little hard pressed to see that coming to fruition overnight. So. Couldn't, couldn't agree
3: more um, I hate to do this right. I, I know I, I told you I've got about an hour here So I've just got to get out I'm of actually getting ready to wrap so. it up So if okay. you want to give your walk-off podcast Sign-off Do your Absol- thing, man Absolutely Just Number one, I just want to say thank you To all, all of you in the chat right now That have been uh, participating It's always nice to chat Blue Jays with folks uh, You can catch the walk-off podcast on audio Wherever you get your podcasts And we're on YouTube we just finished sitting down uh, with John Gibbons, former manager of the Jays, last week. That's a fun episode. We had Ben Nicholson-Smith from Sportsnet on just a couple days ago. and uh, we've, We're have we just a couple boneheads here out of Alberta, but uh, our guests are definitely worth listening to, so check it out. Yeah. Sell I'll yourself at sure. the right level, at least. You're comedians, not boneheads. That's
2: right. We're <laughs> comedians. <laughs> <laughs> Bonehead comedians. Good deal. I'll
4: check All it right. out. So there you go.
2: All okay, right, <laughs> okay, thank, thank you so very much. Guys. We'll get another one going, bud.
4: Appreciate I look it. Proud and proud to it. tomorrow.
2: Thank you. Cheers.
4: Yep. Bye bye.
2: So, Caroline, seeing you're on with me. If you uh, want to be the one that normally the way we end the Jaybird Watching podcast is by doing two claps and a Ric Flair with. Um, I don't know if you are familiar from what Caleb Joseph was doing with the Toronto Blue Jays right before the 2020 playoffs, which is a uh, two claps and you go woo. <laughs> so typically it would be a one two three and we go woo let's go blue jays and make sure you find us on the jaybird watching podcast wherever you get your podcasting pleasures from live show recording on monday evening at seven o'clock eastern time that is a normal everyday week with my team and make sure you
0: find us here for these wonderful podcasts that we're going to do before uh each series for